Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. WWF Light Heavyweight Champion Gilbert, brother, and you're listening to the Breeding Guild Podcast. Hey, shut the fuck up. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you talking to me or our audience? No. Oh, you, you didn't hear? You didn't hear that? Hear what? It was my what other personality talking. Sometimes he externalizes and sometimes he doesn't. Oh, he's an asshole. Yeah, what a hey, fuck you. <laughs> well, I'm not talking to you. See, here's the thing. You never know when he comes out. <laughs> jazz hands. Yep. <laughs> Audio podcast. He hates jazz hands. What the fuck are you talking about? He also hates very performative intensity like that. See, ah. is it is it me or is the other person talking to you right now? And if I say, well, fuck that other guy. Then who is he referring to? Myself, because he suffers from a serious case of self-loathing. Is this your cold open bit? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Imagine you're listening to this podcast for the first time. <laughs> and the first thing you hear. <laughs> that will pretty much generalize. <laughs> Not what this podcast was aiming to be, but what it ended up as. <laughs> what were we supposed to be? <laughs> well, remember, we were supposed to talk about board games when we first started. Oh, I can, yeah. Can you remember the last time we talked about a board game on this sundry, show? Sundry nerdy topics and the quiz show. The quiz show. I the quiz, forgot yep, about it. The, yeah. the nerd or not quiz show. Yep. Nerd or not. And yeah, you know, all of that died along with uh, our venerable Mr. Peebles. Um, I don't know. That's kind of a better cold open than what I wanted or what I was going for. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Run with it. Ew, yeah. Bottle okay, it hey, up. Let's use hey, it. Hey, it's topical. Moon Knight. What about it? I'm I actually, I'm digging I, Moon Knight yeah. very much without cool. knowing almost anything about the character. I know nothing about Moon Knight. I don't think a whole lot of people do. The funny Did you? So, so few people. I only knew about him because of Midnight Suns, and I knew that he was supposed to be basically Marvel's knockoff Batman. But, uh, like, uh, you know how the, they're delving into the whole uh, splintered psyche uh, aspect of his character? Right. Uh, his The original, um, which, which character was it that was like the cab driver or the chauffeur? That was originally supposed to be Mark Spector's uh, Matches Malone uh, persona. You know, uh, like like a street informant, right? What, but then, did Moon Knight have more than two personalities? Well, he does. In, con- in current continuity, yeah, he's got like five. Um, oh, five or six. I don't know. You know how they keep making... They keep well, making yeah, they, like new personas for him. Like, right. Exactly, because it's comics. There's like eight Hulks now. Did you know that? Like Bruce Banner Hulks? Yeah, uh, there's like eight different fragments of his psyche, or I'm sorry, manifestations of his psyche. So there's like, you know, the standard Hulk, there's the devil Hulk, there is... Um, so you're not talking like Red Hulk and She-Hulk, who are totally different characters. Oh, that's that's before we get into other palettes of Hulk that are internalized by different people, different oh characters. God. Is this a rabbit hole I want to go down? Not necessarily, but I'm just yeah. keeping it current with... You know, Moon no, Knight. no, no, please. Um, take yeah. Moon Knight. Well, so, so few people knew about Moon Knight because at least Howard the Duck had a shitty movie to his name. He's got infamy, <laughs> you know? So many, so so few people knew about Moon Knight that they completely, like, scrapped his uh, abilities from the comics and gave him actual powers because he doesn't have powers in the comics. He's, he's actually oh. just supposed to be Batman, except he's a shitty Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I, it reminds me a lot when they first announced Guardians of the Galaxy, and you and I knew exactly who the Guardians of the Galaxy were, and we were like, oh, are you mm-hmm. kidding? This is going to be awesome. How are they going to make this work? A talking tree? Mm-hmm. Uh, a talking raccoon? Oh, my God. This is going to... Well, How they did gave, they get this passed? They gave it to the right guys who they did. It was somebody yeah. who was like Mazo enough behind the camera to make it work. Also, somebody who explicitly understands like the cross-medium, um, I think, uh, the how to translate comic books 
to uh, to a completely different medium. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because so many people have trying to have been trying to do it with concessions, you know, because they keep listening to market analysts and executive producers and stuff. Well, people aren't going to buy this. You have to make it like this kind of. You have to make it dark, or you have to make it um, super on the nose. You got to like lean like way into that bullshit so that like nobody in the audience respects it. And Gunn's like, no, look, people people know about comic books this is not alien <laughs> this is this is a commonly uh this is a commonly um uh interpreted language you know everybody knows about the panel page now and that's not going into the whole not not into the idea that like nerds own everything now <laughs> culturally and socially it's just like when she when <laughs> if you show like the straightest of the straights a comic book they'll know what the fuck it is and they'll know how to read it and they'll understand like the visual language of it and gun knew that he was he was like he was like comic book movies exist in universes where there are comic books which is how they get the garish the garish costumes and the silly fucking code names and shit and he seems like the first person that kind of like just internally got that whereas everybody else is just like yeah we know what comic books are we know how they're supposed to be presented um but let's look at this guy and how he does it and then kind of work from there <laughs> Uh, by the way, I kind of this is stupid, but speaking of like comic books, um, has anybody ever speaking of James Gunn? Has anybody ever seen James Gunn and Tom Cavanaugh in the same room at the same time? Can't say I have. Yeah. Or seen James Gunn in person, for that matter. That's a very valid point, but I'm just. But if you're talking like press events and whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, God damn it, Bob! Stop breaking down rhetorical questions. Well, I, kind of. Now that you mention it, have you ever seen? Do. Yeah, that's what that's what rhetorical questions exist for <laughs> to you know be shat upon, uh, or to just be chewed up mercilessly during you know meandering conversations like this. And that's yeah. where we come in because we're pros at this. Duh. I mean, have you ever like if if has James Gunn and Tom Cavanaugh ever shown up at the same MegaCon and been out to give autographs at the same time? That's that's something that ought to I don't give know you if pause. James Gunn ever been to a MegaCon. That would be an awesome thing to research. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, because he he might be a little bit more visible than the other guy. But maybe that's why he invented Tom Cavanaugh. Yeah. <laughs> He's his <laughs> alter ego. <laughs> yeah. Here's another good question for you. Have you ever seen uh, Tony Todd and CCH Pounder in the same room at the same time? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> all right, I'm going to ask what all the what. The three people still listening are asking, "Who the fuck are they?" Uh, really? No way. Uh, Tony Todd's okay. Candyman. Oh. And CCH Pounder I is the actor. I didn't know yeah. that was his name. Yeah, the actor. Um, and CCH Pounder is a uh, another uh, an actress who just looks a lot like Tony Todd. Um, I think. Okay, the horror movie community probably loved that joke. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad they did because that was who I told it to. All right. Anyway, yeah. Basically, the joke is some human beings look like other human beings. Isn't that funny? Isn't it? No. <laughs> okay. Okay, then. Okay. Let's I'll talk about what you want to talk about. <laughs> we tried it your way. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, how about some intros? By the way, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, people of all ages... Fuck, why stand on ceremony by this point? We, we're we st we're we eight still, minutes into this bullshit. We still gotta do it. We still gotta do it. We okay, are the Cretans right. Guild. Although all there's right. just the two-thirds of us, so we're probably just the Cretans Guild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jay's not with us nice. tonight. Uh, he, uh, he, he felt like he needed to take care of family, like those people do anything for him. I mean, my family is bigger than his, and uh, what the f they, those people, I can't. They wouldn't survive without me. Is, I don't is, know. is this a work for the belt? Are we doing? Are we doing Ooh, shoots? It might be. It might be. <laughs> this is so good. Also, an update on a belt challenge. Uh, I'll tell you about it at the uh, near the end of the podcast. Uh, oh just God. remind me of that in case I forget. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This should be pretty easy because of, you know, the oh the theme that uh, we weren't supposed to get into. Yeah, do the intro. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, bounce off of that and make it proper. <clears throat> I don't know if that's possible. But anyway, we are the Cretans Guild. We are mm -hmm. a proud member of the Podfix Network. You can find them at podfixnetwork.com. Podfix, 
like a motherfucker. Like a motherfucker, right. Uh, we haven't done this in a while since episode 100, so we are now turning a new page into a new era of Cretan Guild uh, broadcastity. I don't know. <laughs> Jim Helwig, is this you? <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Why do I know his real name over his more popular, or more well-known stage name? Didn't he ditch that name? Like I, he, I guess he changed so. his name to Warrior or some. Oh, like legally? Yeah, he he like tried to he like tried to own that whole warrior thing for a long time because he had such a mad on for Vince. Um, <clears throat> well, a mad on for pissing off Vince, but yeah, for pissing on Vince, yeah. But for some reason, like once I found out that his real name was Jim Helwig, then that became the ultimate warrior to me. I was just like, oh, you hear what Jim Helwig's been up to lately? Huh? No. I don't think I don't want. Oh, to. the ultimate warrior. You know what the ultimate warrior's been up to lately? Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still alive? Well, no. no, unfortunately, no. that's what he's been up to. <laughs> Fertilizing. To, ah, God, we're going to hell. <laughs> Save me a seat on that bus. That's cool. If we get there, we can uh, tell the ultimate warrior what we've been saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, you know, you're... You know, you know, Bob, your show might be doing a lot better if you fucking kick that Corey dude off. No! <laughs> it would just turn into every other show out there then. Oh, that's giving like way that. too much credit, dude. Oh, my God. Well, you that's had way mentioned too much wrestling. I, what's that? <laughs> you had mentioned wrestling. Okay, Let's get back right. on track. Oh, yeah. Second. Second. So, do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, get we're going to segue and we're going to talk about something that happened at the beginning of April. We're going to get that seg in an arm bar and drag it right back up into this fucking ring. There you go. I, I like that. Or underneath the canvas. Underst- Undertaker style. <laughs> I was going to. Why is like I was going to call him Undersucker. What? <laughs> that, that's his bizarro world <laughs> version. I, I, I guess so. No, he'd be Overtaker, wouldn't it? Overtake, overtaker. Or that under- does sound like a Vince McMahon creation. Yeah, or undergiver, uh, which according <laughs> to a lot of mid carters from the mid nineties, undergiver, undergiver. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a really forced joke. All right, take the reins. They're yours. Sorry. All right. Well, <clears throat> as most of you might know, I was hired by WWE almost almost a year ago now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know the. The people it was the that, uh, it, well, no, that it was, uh, it was before the summer, mm-hmm. and I was hired to work on the NXT broadcast. And my job was, I was hired onto the team. This is just a little background for anyone who doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm part of the crowd sweetening department, which is uh, a group of guys who add sound to the crowd. Not well at the time because we were during uh, the Thunderdome era. There was no crowd, so we mm-hmm. had to provide crowd noise with cheers and boos and yays and claps and now it was to crazy. Be, to be sure, you don't belong to any like all-encompassing audio department within WWE. You belong to a group within the audio department that does just this this specific thing. I yeah, I'm kind of like a subgroup is but yeah. it's still all under the WWE umbrella. My checks right. still have Vince McMahon's signature. Um, that's not true. They go directly electronically to my <laughs> my bank. I'd never see a check. Otherwise, oh, okay. I'd probably frame them. Because <laughs> I, I was going to ask you like, if he signs it and then draws a little dick at the end on each of this check. <laughs> or, or a little hand, you know, like a baby hand. <laughs> or something. What? <laughs> Could see him doing that every, like once every other five checks or so. Actually, that that was like my joke question. My actual question was like, do you think that if that when uh, Triple H takes over uh, WWE, it's not going to happen? Oh, it's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. He's oh really? Oh, oh no! His health hasn't been that great. He's Triple had, H? Yeah, he's had some massive uh, heart issues. He hasn't been at an NXT show. Oh, I want to say. When did it go down? Um, probably last somewhere in the fall of last year. Shit. Yeah, he he just before WrestleMania started making appearances at NXT, but he doesn't have a role with the company anymore. It's basically uh, Matt Bloom and Shawn Michaels who are running the running the show. 
Holy poop. Huh. With uh, Bruce Ch- Pritchard and um, Vince McMahon, they pretty much line up. Okay, we want this happen. We want this to happen. We want this to happen. Matt Bloom and HBK, they pretty much put it all together. It was like, okay, we, we need to have this happen and this go over here and that guy fall off over there. And mm-hmm. and then it just like cascades down. So it huh. starts up with the, the top with Vince and Bruce. And then it just boom, boom, goes down the stairs after that. Oh, that's kind of worrying. Uh, well, I, I obviously wish uh, good health for him because uh, when he was in charge, it was a great product. Yes, it was. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, there goes my fucking joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I was going to say, does he actually sign the checks with like three little H's in a row and that's legally binding, but... Man. I wouldn't care how much it would cost me. <laughs> uh-huh. If he did sign a check like that, I would... Yes, I would frame that, stick it up on the walls like. Mm-hmm. But here's not, but, not Paul Levesque, not mm-hmm. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. H H H H H H. Yeah, and see, here's the thing: he doesn't sign it in like you know, uh, in cursive or anything. He actually signs it with like in with he's with him sketching out like the metal, heavy metal style H's that he used to have on his trunks with an iron cross around. <laughs> with it. an iron cross around it, yeah. <laughs> Like it's the stuff he pulled out of his uh, Comp 101 ledger. <laughs> this is gonna be my name on the in the ring one day. I'm sorry. <sighs> this is gonna be my name in the ring one day. He probably sounded like that when he was ten. Yeah, he probably did. Mama, where did you put the Lucky Charms? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, I, I started doing that for NXT. Then we started uh, allowing fans to come back very slowly, and then eventually, like it was full fledged, all the fans are back. Mm-hmm. And it was WrestleMania of last year, where they were kind of like on the verge of, well, do we want to keep this audio sweetening? Do we do we want to like phase it out now that we have crowds back? And then Hulk Hogan showed up, oh, and saved my entire department. Really? He came out at WrestleMania with Titus O'Neil. Night one, very first thing you see, they both come out, audience booing the ever-loving crap out of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was a ballsy fucking casting decision. <laughs> but you don't hear that at home. No. What you hear at home is constant, loud cheering. Yep. That's when the people at behind the scenes at the top of the uh, production level... Mm-hmm. We're like, you know, I think we should keep this crowd sweetening around. It's pretty <laughs> helpful. Honestly, it's, it's, it'll allow us to tell the story we want to tell. Uh, yeah, like didn't uh, didn't WCW like make a lot of hay with that kind of a concept back during the Goldberg years? They bo- act, both companies were using like some kind of crowd sweetening every once in a while. Like uh, there were, yeah, there was some canned heat and some canned pop, and everything, but it was very obvious because they were pumping it into mm, canned pop. Mm. <laughs> they were pumping it into the crowd mm-hmm. so the crowd could hear it, and their point behind that was to get the crowd excited so they would start cheering. It's like, oh, we hear cheering, let's start cheering. Or, oh, yeah. there, we, there's booing, let's start booing. That kind of thing. Uh, most of what we, almost everything we do now. Actually, we used to do feed it into for NXT. We would feed it into the stands mm-hmm. just to get them going. Like we would start like an NXT chant or a this is awesome chant. Right. Uh, but that's about it. The, nothing else would go out to the fans. Everything we did would go straight out to TV. Right. There's something kind of filthy about that. But I don't oh. want to like, I don't want to talk shit to you about your job. But yeah, there's like. I don't know. Why does that feel dirty to me? Well, everything feels dirty to you, honestly. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean... You could look at a pencil like, I can think of three things that are improper with you right now. <laughs> you said, did you say I could look at a pencil and think of three things? There's three yeah. things I could improper that I could draw with a pencil. Probably, three, probably That's one of them right there. <laughs> probably 3,000 things I can think to do with it. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we talked about this, like recently i don't know it feels like we did but um what's that what's that type of a sense of humor where you see like a really like adorable dog you know just being walked close to you and then you look at it and the first thing you think of look at that little piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) what an adorable little fucking like dog nugget you little prick (laughs) 
Like every like yeah, you're right. I have a unique talent for corrupting everything wholesome. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> right. That's why we love you. But anyway, <laughs> back to the crowd sweetening. Right. So what we use crowd sweetening for now is to uh, whatever the direction the crowd seems to be going in, like they they're cheering for something or they're booing for something. Mm-hmm. We will add to it to enhance them, make them sound bigger than they are. So okay. instead of like three hundred people, it mm-hmm. sounds like 600, 700 people. That's clean to me because it's like you're not suggesting anything because it because it started organically. And- this is true, but there are times where there are production notes where we're told um, when this person is like doing a promo, they pause for a moment. That's a good time for you to put in some cheer because we expect the crowd to be cheering at that point. Right. So that's kind of what we do. Now, sometimes they're yelling at us to cheer or boo. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, buddy, whatever you want. Cheer, boo, cheer, boo. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the audience and they're all on their phones. <laughs> That happens quite often. <laughs> has uh, has anybody at uh, what culture or whatever uh, the popular uh, wrestling chat show is now caught on to this yet? There, are, I have seen them point out like once or twice when they've noticed a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, because here's the really interesting thing: Ever, all the crowd sweetening we do is here in Orlando at the Performance Center. Mm-hmm. So wherever the show is, Raw, SmackDown, or now that NXT is traveling again, mm-hmm. um, the signal comes to us. We insert the sound here in Orlando. Insert. 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 And then that <laughs> signal with our audio then goes to uh, the network. Uh-huh. The trick behind that is because there's a slight video delay from where the picture from the live event gets to Orlando mm-hmm. of maybe like somewhere from half of a second to a full second and a half, which initially you, like non TV people were like, oh, that's not a big deal. It's like, that was a second right there. Yeah. You would, that's a big, big difference. Well, that's, that's because that's because we understand time differently. 10 seconds is like a half hour to us. Oh, yeah, I hear a 10-second cue. I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish my coffee first. Yeah, I, well, that's a slight exaggeration. It's more like 10 minutes to us. But still, we can do, like, <laughs> when we're asked to, we can do, we can do like, so much shit in under 10 seconds. Because, like, we kind of, like, count, uh, we kind of, like, count life by the frame. Uh, on top of uh, adding cheers and boos and other stuff, Mm-hmm. While like people are doing uh, promos or there's a graphic comes up, so we have to cheer for that or whatever. Yeah. I'm also responsible for giving reaction noises for like big moves. Like if someone is going to do a, a, like a, a pickup body slam, Shh, chops. I well, we used to do the chops ever since mm-hmm. the Ric Flair things. Like yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna do the woos. Oh <laughs> no, what gonna, happened? We we just put a little break on the woos. That's all the higher ups are like, we're, we're not going to woo for a little while. If the crowd does it, we can't control that, whatever. Right, exactly. Like a holy but, shit chant. Yeah, but if someone is doing a drop kick, mm-hmm. uh, we have a series of different sound effects we have to hit on the impact, like when it happens. Now, keep in mind, I said the video is delayed. Mm-hmm. So I have to wait till there are a certain point in the air before the impact happens. Mm-hmm. So it times out right. Now, the trick is... I'm not always told when someone's going to dodge a move or yeah. it's not going to in, make impact initially. Mm-hmm. I they- do have uh, like a communication to the producer of the show and the segment, the, the producer who wrote the segment, because he's right there on headsets and he's talking about he or she mm-hmm. is talking about what's going to happen during this match. And they, they mentioned moves. Okay, here he's going to kick out here. He's going to jump through the ropes here. This mm-hmm. is going to happen. And that was really helpful during the Thunderdome era because I was like, uh, uh, trigger, trigger, hit, trigger, trigger, well, that, trigger, that sound. Was, that, was, that was training uh, training pains or growing pains. Yeah. Yeah. But now with Raw and SmackDown with the delay, I've got to actually watch it, anticipate it, and I think this, this move's going to make impact. This move's going to hit. This move's going to hit. Boom. Impact. Yes! I got it. <laughs> yeah. It, it is like the opening segments to Raw and the closing segments are the mm-hmm. most heart-wrenching like unbelievable gut punches I've ever sat through as a uh, TV person. Yeah. Well, because I uh, over the time 
I've been working uh, more and more shows, more Raws, more Smackdowns, and then I started working some pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And then, at the beginning of March, they booked me to work every show uh, during WrestleMania weekend. That was you SmackDown, cash NXT. Money, fucking hustler, you. Well, yeah, it, it was a good paycheck, but holy shit, did I earn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand, man. It, it, well, the first question was that, like, isn't, like, telegraphing... Uh, isn't telegraphing an impact for every single time that move happens a little bit? Uh, doesn't that like water it down somewhat? Because I, because I think I know what the noises you're talking about. Whenever somebody takes a drop kick and whether they you know uh, connect or not, somebody always hits the canvas. And depending upon how they're uh, depending upon uh, their size, you always hear that like boom of the ring. No, you're thinking like foley artists, like sound effects. What I am I'm producing the kind of noises that crowds would make. So like oh, a, a okay, big heavy right. duty punch and you'd hear the crowd go, oh! Or okay, I like thought that was big... kind of just like a subset of tools that y'all uh, were in charge of. Uh, okay, never mind. No, uh, we have, when you hear somebody hit the mat or mm-hmm. sounds like that, that's legit. Those yeah, that should be sound. the mic that picks up the mat noise because yes. that's why they build the mats in the way that they do. Which, which <laughs> well, happens. yeah, the, the mics do pick up stuff. That became yeah. a segment on... Uh, Bacha Mania eventually. Yeah, <laughs> and that was my follow-up question. That was what I was going to ask you originally, is have you made a Bacha Mania yet? Not, yeah. de- not deliberately. Yeah, because uh, you could have some unknown infamy out there going for you. Okay, I, I will share this. There was this mm-hmm. t- Because it's like an internet signal that's going from the live shot to the PC in Orlando, uh-huh. uh, sometimes there's like little glitches in the signal. Sometimes it like kicks out or whatever <laughs> a glitch during uh-huh. um dur- it was recently too during a randy orton um matt riddle segment where they are in the gorilla position and the camera's on them and we're providing crowd noise uh mm-hmm. just just like murmurs and little crowd mumblings mm-hmm. the signal just died for some reason Art the signal to us or going back to them it, right. somewhere in there it just died and you completely heard it because Oh, ouch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was extremely noticeable. Uh, And that was probably the only time anything I did made air. mm -hmm. Of course, there were a couple other times where where people aren't doing anything, but Mm -hmm. folks are complaining. It's like, why are we hearing cheering when (laughs) everyone has these mellow faces on? They just they just got in the ring and there's a three two and a one. I don't. <laughs> Are they predicting the end of the match? You know how happy I am. I don't have to do that anymore. What, because we won it. Yeah, during the Thunderdome era, we were providing the crowd going one, two, three, the countouts. Mm-hmm. And I always had to do the one, the two. It's just, is this good? Are they gonna kick out at two or do I hit the three? It, it was yeah. always like. It's one or the other, one or the other one. (laughs) I never knew which one it was until the the segment producer would say so. And there's always that spontaneous element, too, because the wrestlers will plan out, the workers will plan out a match, but nothing ever really goes to plan 100% of the time. Especially if, like, one dude's about to, you know, go completely maverick and just, like, tear up his contract right then and there on the air. (laughs) (laughs) You know? That's a lot of money to tear up on live like, TV. Like it, well, it's not the CM Punk, is it? <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because that actually mm-hmm. happened during one of the matches in WrestleMania. And if yeah. you want, we can go through the matches one at a time through the entire card of the weekend. And I can tell you like some interesting stories. Oh, oh do tell. Reveal the magic. And well, it's not really I'm revealing anything because everything I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. is stuff that has gotten out through like dirt sheets or other sources. I could just tell you everything I'm go- I'm explaining is stuff mm-hmm. that I experienced through an open headset that was open to, I don't know, like 500, 600 people. So anybody else could have heard this and, and shared the news as well. So I'm not really divulging anything special. It's just... Mm-hmm. It possible you might not have heard this before. Right. But let's go ahead. Let's start with WrestleMania mm-hmm. night one. Uh, right off the bat, we had the Usos defeating Shinsuke and Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs. Boobs. Boogs. 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 Like, like, like breasts? Like titty? Sure. Rick Boogs. <laughs> 
<laughs> you see, this is why our shows take an hour each. I want, I, I want. <laughs> he Corey probably can't read. That was very intense. Well, I don't have that window up anymore. Oh. Uh, we're both <laughs> suffering here. Hold on a second. And by the way, regardless, I would have made. I love how I make joke. a rundown for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely no reason do I make what's, one. What's a rundown, Bob? I, I don't know. I should honestly, I need to stop. Oh, man, it's right here. You typed it that. in big, bold letters. In a Underlined it three times. <laughs> yeah. Rick Boogs. If I don't, if only I'd seen that, I wouldn't have made that outrageously predictable <laughs> and stupid joke. Yes, I would have. Yeah. Trust me, with the first time I ever saw him, mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of him before. Yeah. And they kept, they were, the announcers were saying his name so quickly. It was like, did they say his name is Rick Boobs? Is his name really Rick Boobs? And it was like one of those situations. I didn't want to turn to the guy who had been there for the last year, hearing mm-hmm. this name over and over again and act like an asshole. Yeah. Like, is his name really Rick Boobs? Or is it Boobs? <laughs> it's like, no, I, you know what? Eventually I'll just figure it out. And the whole time I'm like, can we put up like a super of this guy so I can read his name? Because I swear to God, you, you guys are calling him Boobs. Yeah. See, if uh, if your Chiron guy was about to quit that day, <laughs> it would have been boobs, and they would have been boobs from there on forward, in perpetuity for the rest of that guy's career at the WWE. <laughs> yeah. Well, getting back to that match, yeah, there was a spot uh, where Rick had <laughs> both of the Usos on his shoulders. And Rick, Rick was... who? Rick boobs. Rick. Okay. Okay. Kick a dead horse, why don't? <laughs> The Usos, <laughs> right? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> he had the he had the Usos on his shoulders, and he was doing like this power move thing where he'd lift them up, and then all of a sudden he hit the ground, um, and was grabbing his knee. Uh huh. So apparently he had hurt himself, and he rolled out of the ring, and then the match like quickly came to an end after that. Like yeah, after he's a sensitive books. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> All right, he just, I he was tickled. No, you won't. No, you won't. The the interesting thing that I I from what I was watching <laughs> is the doctor staff and the the people who are usually in charge of when somebody gets hurt. They were making their way very slowly over to him, and I was questioning: Was he actually hurt? Or is he working this? What what is going? Is this part of the angle? And the whole time, I really could not tell if he was actually hurt or not. Uh, they were sure acting like he was, but they didn't. They weren't putting any like serious emphasis. It wasn't urgent. Yeah, they weren't acting like it was urgent. And they got him backstage, and I think halfway before the show was over, they announced that he had blown out his ACL or something like that. And I was thinking that is an awful quick assumption to, or an awful quick diagnosis to make. I do realize that this was in Dallas's football stadium, so they probably have a medical facility in the stadium. Right. Yeah, like yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, the whole time I'm like, did he really get hurt? Or because I I was questioning it. Well, My you were audio thinking te- the right questions. That's what I was about to point out. Well, it's funny because I was just watching this video on YouTube earlier today that's like ten times the WWE fooled you into thinking one thing and it was something else. I'm like, yeah, there's been a few times. But honestly, when you're watching wrestling, there's 97% of everything you see, you were supposed to see. Right. The, the one, by the way, so uh, what, what eventually happened to uh, Rick? Uh, he did, I think, legitimately blew out his knee, his ACL uh, or, or something. And to this day, I, I'm still kind of like, did he really? Did he? Did he really? But as far as you know, he wasn't being fake books. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, a part of me wants to apologize for that. <laughs> then the other part of me wants to smack that one part of me for even thinking about it. Well, you'll be apologizing all night if we. Uh, yeah, it's true. Second match. All right. All right. So this is the one that was very interesting. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. I hate that name. This is former Lone Wolf Corbin. I don't even remember what his full name was when he first started. Wait, Barry Corbin? Was it it Barry Corbin? No, it was Baron, but I called him Barry Corbin. Baron Corbin. Yes, that's right. God, he's been just Corbin for so long. 
Uh, no so shit. he, I know you haven't been watching, but his new gimmick now is uh, he won like a lot of money in Vegas. So he's got like this happy persona and he's flaunting money left and right. So this is the one match that I thought had like the biggest potential for something bad to happen. Mm-hmm. Not in the match, but the entrances were so freaking elaborate because it's WrestleMania. They're going to do everything up. Right. What happened was uh, Drew was going to come out 40 guys dressed in kilts with bagpipes and swords and like from local Scottish legions or whatever. Obviously, yeah. they flew these guys in because I don't think there's any of them in Dallas. Right. I don't know. There's, there's a Highlands game in pretty much every major metropolitan area in the country. Seems like anyway. I, I really have a hard time seeing like the Texas branch of, of the Highland games. But, you know, it could happen. It could happen. But the thing was, these guys all came out. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been to, like, as you said, like a Highland game, these guys don't dress alike. Right. Because they represent different clans. So they have, like, different colored shirts, different Yeah, colored different tartans. Yeah, different tartans. Mm-hmm. Different everything. So these guys all came out. None of them looked like they were all together. Like you would see, like a marching band, I guess, mm-hmm. is what some people were expecting. Yeah. So they someone said you know we, let's not use them because we we don't have shirts that fit them because some of them are some pretty big guys <laughs> like in, yeah. in the stomach <laughs> yeah most of the people that are like part of those um social groups tend to tend to fear up because they're also competitors right but yeah. uh the, these were all musicians and a couple of them were swordsmen they were going to stand on the edge of the ramp and like hold their swords as, mm-hmm. as drew walk underneath it uh it was gonna like be this whole thing and then they yeah. decide let's plan this better Send all these guys home. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Ah, shit. That's so cold. Yeah, they they didn't get used. I think they're gonna they're gonna try and use them again for like SummerSlam or some other big pay per view, mm-hmm. and they'll probably all look at like they're in unison at this point. Yeah. So the match starts. Drew comes out. He doesn't have his bagpipe guys. Mm-hmm. He does nothing. Nothing there. Uh, he gets out to the ring. Well, here's the other funny thing. So that was the mishap on Drew. The mishap for Corbin was he was going to was come out there. <laughs> he was going to come out in a Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. And as uh, McIntyre's music is ending and it's starting, or they're starting up uh, happy, happy Corbin's music. I hear on the headsets, it's not starting. We can't get it to start. What's going on? Uh, producers are losing their minds. Get him out. Get it. Just get him out there. Get the music's going. Get him. Get him out of the car. Get him out onto the ramp. Go out into the ring. The headlights were left on, and the Rolls Royce battery had died. Wow! See, that would have made for good television. And the well, it never, uh, never came out from behind the back. So, uh huh. Because they had, I think, four or five cars ready to pull out at any point, mm-hmm. and then they would just like put them in reverse when no one's looking, put them right back again. Right. But. Yeah, that was one of the one of the cars we were supposed to see, and you never would have known at home. It's like, oh, this is kind of ho hum, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, were- the match was fine. Uh, mm-hmm. After that was the Miz and Logan Paul. They defeated the Mysterios. Nothing crazy to tell about in that match. Mind blowing that the guy's gotten as famous as he has. Well, what I hated was at the very end, the Miz turned on Logan Paul, mm-hmm. and so and they wanted cared. us. To, well, the. <laughs> The audience were cheering for Miz. Uh, yeah, we were, okay. we were told to boo for Miz, <laughs> which kind of scares me because they're obviously setting up something for later in the year. Yeah, which means I'm going to have to cheer for Logan Paul, and I really don't want to do that. Yeah, I, the guy's a failed support. He's a failed bit actor for like CSI for like a long goddamn time. Then he starts up a YouTube channel, and all of a sudden, he, he's one of those people oh, that like suddenly. I, I honestly, I do not care about Logan Paul. I don't he's, care about anything he does. He's a scum on, he's a stain on humanity. He's, not, he's, he's, a, not even, he's a living shit stain. He's not even scum to me. He's just boring. He's a, he's a, he's a dude that got into show business, but he seems like one of those people that like applied for a job as a famous person and then was handed the job. And all of a sudden he was famous for undisclosed reasons. All I knew is that he had a YouTube channel where he did things, but he did things that were were like I, I, I don't know far better performed by other people dude shouldn't be famous yeah somehow is don't disagree with anything you said yeah uh going forward the uh the bianca belair becky linton match that was probably match of the night in my opinion 
cool. Nothing really to tell there. Um, yeah, no, nothing really interesting there. After that, uh, yeah, it was, was match of the night. Yes, okay. which meant right. everything everything went smoothly. It was the match itself was great. There was nothing else I could really tell you about it that went wrong or that. I really notice sometimes d- stuff does go wrong mm-hmm. and I don't figure it out, but I will figure it out as I'm watching it. Like most fans will. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen too often. Usually some, <laughs> well, I'll get to it, but first, <laughs> um, all right. So here we go. Seth Rollins against Cody Rhodes. Right. Now, first off, Seth came out to a, uh, a group of teenage choirs who were singing his theme as they were coming down. So we rehearsed this early in the day and they were pretty close to the edge of the stage mm-hmm. and, the, and like this tiered um, ramp thing, I guess. Yeah, this is bleachers, the, basically. Bleachers, right? basically. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Now, they were not told how the pyro works. They were told there's going to be pyro, but with Seth and with some other guys, when pyro goes uh, off, there's, it. <laughs> there's a little bit. There's the pyro itself. And then. Our pyro department always adds like a small audible concussion blast. Yeah. Boom. Something like that. Right. That's as they weren't told about the concussion blast. So they were standing and they were pretty close to the ramp. It's like, we're going to do a pyro test with you guys. Boom. And the fire flame shoots straight up. And they were pretty close to it. Like close enough where (laughs) all of them jumped. It was the funniest thing in the world. Just seeing all of them just bounce back and like fall over each other because they weren't expecting the noise. Oh, good. So, but this didn't, uh, this didn't cause any on air uh, issues. No, no, this was during the rehearsal okay. and they're all laughing about it. They were mm-hmm. getting a kick out. I was like, Oh man, that was so funny and whatever. Mm-hmm. So we find when we do go live, uh, they had pushed the risers back further. So no one get hurt and they knew it was coming. So they were better prepared for it. Uh-huh. The thing is a lot of people were noticing that, once Seth got into the ring, there was a very, very long pause before Cody Rhodes came out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people thought that it was to build tension, which it was for like the first <clears throat> 15 minute? to 20 seconds. 15 to 20 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere, I would say about 20 seconds. Everything after that was the producers yelling to the pyro department, are they clear? I need to know, are they clear? And he was referencing, there was a a camera crew of a camera guy, an audio guy, a grip, and like someone else on the ramp. And the ramp on its sides leading all the way up to the stage were these um, mortars for pyro. They were going to shoot off like in unison, like boom, 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 going up the ramp. Oh, God. And from (laughs) from where the producer was sitting, he couldn't tell if that camera crew was clear of the blast and no one was answering him oh no they did not rehearse that part of it no they did rehearse it but he couldn't tell how close they were that's part of the rehearsal positioning (laughs) it's part of the rehearsal but when you're visualizing it from another camera that's at a weird angle Uh you can't tell so that's why he wanted to confirm it with the pyro department are they clear hello are they clear Oh, dude. I will uh, hold them up all fucking night if you do not tell me if they are clear. Yeah. And the whole time I'm, I have my hand on my face. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Did WrestleMania just get derailed? Oh, God. What's going on? We, I think the whole process probably took 30 seconds, but it felt like an eternity because mm-hmm. he was not going to trigger the pyro if he knew the camera crew wasn't if they were still in the line of fire. Uh, eventually, what felt like forever, somebody finally chimed in. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're clear. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> was, was it the floor guy, or was the floor guy still in a tent? <laughs> it was somebody from the pyro department. I guess they what they did from is the pyro they heard department. the yeah the pyro department. They, uh-huh. they they heard the cue. Are they clear? Uh-huh. And they're probably like, "What's he talking about? I don't, I don't I don't know what's he talking about." Oh, go check to see if he's clear. So like one of the underlings like sticks his head around the corner, and, like casually comes back and he goes to his chief and is like, uh-huh. "Yeah, they're clear, man." Yeah, you got to do it in the voice though. <laughs> that you're like, uh, "Yeah, they're clear." <laughs> yo, yo, they 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 clear, blimey. Bargain bin, Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah, they're clear, mate. 
Juggle. The whole time the producer is just screaming his head off. Well, I need to fucking know if they're fucking clear. Otherwise, I will fucking hold up this entire fucking show. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's great that he had safety on his mind. Uh-huh. And I kind of love kind of love him for that because he will not do anything drive a show into the dirt into the ground six feet under if it means keeping someone safe well that's spot on risk assessment Uh, that's true yeah yeah anything that he could have done in that moment to get the show going would have been a negative outcome not even in the long run immediately so yeah there was there was more for him to gain holding the show up and hey at least you're building suspense right yeah, that's what a lot of people are saying. It's like, oh man, they are really building suspense yeah. of who this is. Oh, we, because they don't tell us, yeah, the, like the secrets, who's coming out or whatever. We all knew it was Cody. Yeah, right. Everyone knew it was everyone's dog knew it was Cody. Right? As was previously uh, detailed earlier. There's you. You probably heard something. There's yeah. no lore. There's no lore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, they won't tell us who's coming out. They no. won't what? reveal it to the to the people on the headsets. Uh, so that match went went really well. The crowd got really hot for that. Mm-hmm. After that, we had the Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey match. The crowd absolutely freaking died there. They fell asleep during that match. Especially. Oh, that's that's what you mean by die. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant they screamed themselves into an early mortality. They, oh. they, the crowd is in a coma. Oh, <laughs> that sucks. Sorry. I mean, yeah, it, it's bad when. Well, more or less sorry for Charlotte because she used to be like she comes out to the ring you fucking jump up typically you knew you were going to get a good show out of her but right now she's the heel mm-hmm. and Rousey was supposed to be the face and nobody cared no one gave a damn yeah that's kind of why I thought Rousey was done <laughs> because she did her she did her I am wearing Roddy's t-shirt thing for a while and then people were like tepid at best during her appearances and well it's then- when she started saying that wrestling fans suck that's when they started turning on her it's like oh we don't care about her anymore and apparently she did it as as in character which we i call bullshit on but yeah that's what i thought they like she had like just gotten it out of her system and then suddenly the luster of it wore off and she's like ah okay i'm past this whole wrestling thing and that's that came off in a lot of her interviews that way and the funny thing is is she wasn't wrong a lot of wrestling fans do suck uh, well duh i mean fans yeah. Fans, fans of anything pretty much just yeah they, they suck they're annoying on a good day of course star wars fans and wrestling fans are the worst fans hey mm-hmm. if we got fans we absolutely fucking love you i don't care what anyone says oh uh, yeah i mean honestly you could be the dregs of the earth and we'd still be all about you as a matter of fact oh, yeah <laughs> probably relate to you the best if you were exactly that you're one of us <laughs> yeah exactly well all right so after that uh <laughs> that match was kind of dull so we had to add in a lot of crowd noise to like really spruce it up and mm-hmm. bring it bring it to life and everything because it was it wasn't going home well after that was the last thing of the night uh stone cold versus kevin owens that wait what? We were, wait wait sorry you heard stone me right cold steve austin yes do you not Fuck, have the thing written down right in front of you now I'm looking at, it, but it's a, it's a whole chunk of a Wikipedia article that I'm using to keep up with you. This oh, thing is my rundown down to the right results now. Results page. The results page. Okay. It's like three oh, quarters look. down. There it is. Number seven. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeats Kevin Owens by pinfall. Yeah, go figure. Stone Cold. That's. I didn't hear one thing about that until oh. you told me just well, now. Uh, well, first off, you're out of the loop. Welcome uh, back. You're out of your element, Corey. <laughs> I knew what we were going to be going through this at one point because I, I knew yeah. you, you hadn't paid attention, but at least I get to talk about it. That's a big fucking deal, though, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Shit. Not my fault you didn't hear about it. No, it's totally my fault that I didn't hear about it. By being ignorant, predictably so. <laughs> so the idea was uh, during rehearsal, Stone Cold, he'd like, start walking out, and then he'd turn around and go back into uh, the grill position, and then he would pop out on his ATV. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't realize that somebody Stone left Cold... the ATV lights on. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so funny. <laughs> so funny. But you All know the vehicles was... are actually parked next to each other in the prep area. <laughs> and somebody was like, I thought we were supposed to leave all the headlights on. <laughs> some intern, some yeah. poor guy. I was just parking the vehicles, man. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm willing to, to believe that Steve Austin is a professional ATV driver. 
I don't know if there's a circuit for that. I don't know if they do races. Mm-hmm. I would totally believe it if he did because he came around the corner so goddamn fast. Mm-hmm. He came out from behind the stage, down the stage, turned down the ramp, went around the ring twice, and he did it at top speed on an ATV. At one point, he turned, he curved so hard, he was on side wheels. Really? He wow. did not give a damn. And that, and the the ramp going down from the stage to the ring mm-hmm. is thin. It's not very wide. Well, it's probably wide enough for two ATVs side by side. There's not much allotment is what you're saying. There wasn't a lot of real estate. ATV yeah. shenanigans. Okay. Yeah. And if you go off the side, it's a steep fall. Remember mm-hmm. at WrestleMania, the, the beginning of the ramp at the stage? Right. It was like a pretty, pretty good drop mm-hmm. off the edge of that. It was equivalent to that, to the WrestleMania that you and I went to. Ew. Because he did this during rehearsal and the producer got over the intercoms like, uh, maybe we take that down to like one quarter speed next time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Austin's like, hell no, because he's already had his broken neck days. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. Stone Cold does what Stone Cold wants to do. Uh, he yeah. came out and they said, all right, uh, Steve, don't flip the bird when you're doing your when you're standing on the turnbuckle before the match, you know, where he goes to the four turnbuckles. Mm-hmm. Um, they told him, don't flip the bird. Uh, don't cuss. Don't do this. And I'm, I'm I turn to my. Why did they just tell him not to show up? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I turned to my audio team and I was like, you realize we're on Peacock, right? It's not like we're on you uh, on NBC. Yeah. We can do almost anything we want. But at the same time, when he like stuck his hands up, we made sure the cameras would cut him off at the wrists. Yeah. yeah because once we went live, Stone Cold's going to do what Stone Cold wants to do. Mm-hmm. He came out there full speed, flipping birds, kicking stuff over. Mm-hmm. And then when the match started, he went into the crowd. We were not prepared to go into the crowd. That's a new, that's new. That's a new yes. Stone Cold thing. Yeah. And Stone Cold's one of the few guys who could get away with that because he went out there. He did. He took a suplex mm-hmm. from uh, yeah from Kevin Owens onto the concrete floor in like in the crowd area. Ah, damn. Yeah, that's risky at any. Uh, that's risky at that age. Yeah. Yeah. And producers were flipping out. I was like, "Why are they back there? Who authorized this?" And the segment producer was like, "Not me, sir. Uh, uh-uh. I didn't tell. I told him not to do that, and he did. He's doing exactly what I told him not to do." Yeah. And then Stone Cold gets up and looks into the camera and grabs a mic and says, "I authorized this." <laughs> Stone Cold 316 uh, says there is no rundown. (laughs) One thing I did learn about that weekend is the executive producer is in love with Stone Cold. He absolutely loves him. Mm -hmm. Like he will do whatever he can to make him smile. And you could actually hear over the headset his heart melting when he sees Stone Cold smile. It's like, this is the most adorable heterosexual relationship I've ever witnessed. Romances are pure and wholesome. I know it was it was inc- it was it's heartwarming. Never, even I can't corrode them. Oh, what happened at the end of the show was we were supposed to have a drone outside to capture live footage of fireworks being shot off from the stadium. Uh huh. And forgot. Stone Cold literally gets on the drone and pilots it up into the air himself. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he did. <laughs> like, like Fred McMurray in the absent-minded professor. That would- <laughs> Because of everything going on, we completely <laughs> forgot about the, the end show pyro. Uh-huh. And so we signed off, and the drone team is like, uh, are we still doing the prior the pyro? Oh, shit. So they, they didn't get their cue, basically? Well, no, the drone team was, was waiting there ready. It's just like we completely forgot about it because we were just like trying to catch up to everything that was had to happen mm-hmm. during that main event. So they're like, all right, you know what? Just roll on it. Uh, send the drone up. Drone's up there, and he's... Set off the pyro so p- you can actually see people coming out of the stadium for the end of the night and all this like massive pyro is going off around this fireworks co- going off around the stadium. Yeah, yeah. And they did it for for like advertisements, whatever. It's like, hey, WrestleMania was this big and show pyro and explosions mm-hmm. and everything. Little did you know that hat that took place after the show. <laughs> oh man. Can you imagine if like the show's over, you come outside it's like Man, that was a good show. What the hell is going on out here? <laughs> did did they start something back up again? We need to go uh-huh. back inside. 
All right, so that was all night one. Night yeah. two, not a lot mm-hmm. went down. Um, so I'll just fly through this pretty quick. Uh, RK mm-hmm. Bro, they took on the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. Uh, that was all pretty much as scripted. You know, there's actually a lot that happened as scripted in this show. Mm-hmm. Not anything really crazy. Um, I, there's only one on here that's kind of sticking out to me right now. Oh, Carmela's still with the company. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought, I thought she was one of the ones that was cut uh, last year or the year before. Nope, she survived that. Both those waves. That's so awesome that she waves. was. She was kind of like a. Um, she was kind of like a shoe in during the NXT uh, Enzo and Cass era, and she out. <laughs> she outlast Cass. She outlasted them both by like. But she outlasted them both by like twice their tenures. Yeah. By this point, holy crap! Good for her. Bobby Lashley and almost uh, that went. You know, just as you saw it on TV. I'm going to skip the third one. We'll mm-hmm. come back to it. Okay. Women's tag team match. That was pretty much yeah, scripted as normal. Yep. Cool. Uh, Edge and AJ Styles. That started off weird. Mm-hmm. Where the stage uh, going from Gorilla to the ramp. Mm-hmm. Had, it said like this giant WrestleMania. It was on top of a, a huge five point star. But for WrestleMania, the the stage had like this triangular shape, and because for Raw and SmackDown, it's this uh, perfect box shape entryway, and it's pretty high enough where you don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. But for WrestleMania, it was triangular, and it was pretty steep. Most guys were able to walk if you walked right through the dead center of the under the point. Everyone mm-hmm. was fine, even almost who's like ten feet tall, he was fine. AJ Styles, who comes out wearing a hoodie over his eyes. So mm-hmm. he's just staring down as he's walking out. <clears throat> Doesn't realize he's not dead center of that entryway point. He's Jesus a little Christ. too close. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Hits the side of the entranceway with his face. Oh my God. Knocks his hoodie <laughs> off. He doesn't stop for his normal entrance pyro where he stands uh-huh. hunched over, flips his hoodie up, and he. Like the pyro goes off. He didn't do any of that. He came out, hit his head, got really frustrated, and just kept on walking. Oh. And the camera's like right on his face, and he's got blood gushing down his cheek. He's like, We're trying to figure out what happened backstage. And I was like, He hit his head. I didn't yeah. even see it. I know he hit his head. Yeah. Sometimes you have a little boo boo. That's all it takes. Because I, I called it like the night before. It's like, Someone's going to hit their head on that. It's not mm-hmm. a wide enough point. I didn't realize it'd be like one of the shortest guys in the company. <laughs> That's the nice thing about Luchador masks is that their masks and hoods are <laughs> you can't really see through them. They're yeah. uh, they're terribly opaque. After that <laughs> After that we had Sheamus and Holland. They uh-huh. defeated the New Day. That match went so quick that when it was finally over, I was like, did was that supposed to happen? What happened? It it went less than two minutes. Damn. At least long enough for, you know, a conspirator to poop into somebody else's duffel bag. <laughs> um, that didn't give anyone enough time to poop in Kobe's <laughs> bag. <laughs> yeah, but I, I when the, the match finally did end, mm-hmm. we were questioning. It was like, was that really the end of the match? But I guess it was. It was and they were told just we need to wrap this one quick. Uh-huh. Um, the rest of the show, Pat McAfee, Austin Theory, McMahon versus Pat McAfee, that mm-hmm. that was just weird. Well, you had asked me if anything happened, if there was like an ending to a match uh-huh. uh, that didn't go as planned. Yeah. All right, so Roman Reigns versus uh, Brock Lesnar. That match oh. could have ended a lot faster mm-hmm. than it, it originally did. Uh, Roman did end up getting hurt in that but not before they went to the the go-home spot and it got botched. What's Um, the go-home spot for the... uh, uh, For that one, what it was supposed to be was Reigns was going to bounce off one rope, run, bounce off another rope, come back and spear Brock. But something didn't go right, and on the second pass, Brock didn't turn around. Mm-hmm. And Rain missed, so he ended up like going for Brock's like lower section behind him. It didn't look right. It was bad. It was nasty. And I guess that was supposed to be the finish. Mm-hmm. On the fly, the two of them decided, mm-hmm. "Let's do this over again." Except for, well, let's improvise. Uh huh. So Reigns did again. He 
went around, he bounced off the rope, bounced off the second rope, and then when he went for a spear, Brock grabbed his arm and put him in an, an arm bar. Uh-huh. And they hit the mat. And that's when you hear Rome, Roman like let out some kind of loud yell. Uh-huh. We're not entire like only five people on the planet know what happened. I saw some people are speculating he dislocated his shoulder on oh, the impact. Okay. But this is all the improvised finish at this point. Roman eventually kicked out and he did his thing, just went to the quick finish right away and he became champion. So yeah, that that finish was not the one they were planned planning on, but that's the one that the performers in the ring decided, let's do this instead. It's a better ending than a rectal breach, you have to admit. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> anything would be better than that. This sounded like what the first pass was. Is has there been any word or anything? Like uh, has has the Meltzer been on it? Still nobody knows like how badly he's injured. They can't teasing that he was going to be in a match at the next pay-per-view mm-hmm. but then last time on Smackdown he like literally tore up that contract that he was supposed to be on yeah. so I think what they're going to do is even though he's a double champion I think the plan was for him to stay as double champion for a while like for mm-hmm. the next six months or so I think they're just going to milk it and like like not have him perform or something like that um, is he going to catch leukemia again you know <laughs> You know, like anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to, God. I seem to be coming down with a touch of the leukemia. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll be uh, performing for a few for a few months. <laughs> I remember, think in that situation, he, yeah, he he would drop the belts in that situation. I think he's planning on just powering through it until he's well enough. Now, oh. I did want to go back to one other match that we skipped. Yeah, yeah, the Johnny Knoxville match, which honestly. When you lead with that name, you're kind of like, ah, fucking Dave Barquette, right? I get it. Celebrity wrestling and shit. But read the other participant in this match. The name of this other, the other one. Sami Zayn? That sounds like a pretty good fucking match, honestly. <laughs> because it it's like all, it's all stunt work between two dudes that have like a razor sharp sense of humor. Oh, God. It was one of the most entertaining matches I had seen in a long time long time and yeah anyone who hasn't seen this needs to go watch it it's basically jackass the wrestling match okay that that sounds okay that sounds like it could go anywhere on paper but i think as as sammy zane is kind of like the foil in this entire situation he he, he probably didn't half-ass any of it and it I'm, was insane I gotta tell you, probably after we get off of uh, doing this, I'm I'm gonna go track down a, a YouTube or a clip or something of that match so, so I can see it for myself because I'm really curious. It, but yeah, was, they were prepping it um, during rehearsal, mm-hmm. and they kept bringing out these props that were distinctly from Jackass, one way or another. Mm-hmm. And they just kept bringing more stuff out. Uh, they brought out the 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 boot where you wind up, reels back, and then kicks you in the nuts. Mm-hmm. They brought out a bunch of like tasers and salad fork prongs, and <laughs> they had a, a wooden table set up with mouse traps all over it. When did Jackass start raiding the Acme warehouse? I don't I know, remember this, any of these. This was, yeah, it was funded by Acme, basically. <laughs> uh, Wee Man picked up Sammy at one point and did the Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant body slam on him. <laughs> uh, they, like, That's fucking awesome. <laughs> At one part, he's outside the ring, and like this gigantic foam hand just smacks Sammy in the face. <laughs> It—I mean, it was so goddamn funny. Uh, and you know what the real kick was? Halfway during the match itself, uh-huh. Vince jumps on the headset. He says, "Can you imagine what my dad would be saying right now?" I laughed so hard I lost my breath. I couldn't—I couldn't contain it any longer. That's fucking awesome. That was so wonderful. Like, that was one of the the moments I sat back and I was thinking, I'm getting paid for this. I, this is amazing. It's a little shocking that you're not, like, kind of in a vapor every day over that fact. <laughs> I don't get to see these kind of matches every day. Yeah. It just, like I said, during rehearsal, more stuff came out. More stuff came out. They kept bringing out more stuff. It was it was littered with mousetraps and guard. Like, there was a gigantic rat trap that they used to pin Sami Zayn to the mat. Let's wrap this up. Guys, I hope you enjoyed our little tale through uh, WrestleMania weekend. That made, from my, the that made my face leak. Oh, shit, that was so good. <laughs> <sighs> Cleansing. Uh, I want to 
convince everyone to go check out our link tree that has uh, all of our socials, including our Discord, which is growing by the day. Come join us. Be part of the guild. We would love to have you there, whether you want to or not. I'm sure a lot of people have joined and then instantly muted because <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't want anything to do with these people. Oh, my God. All right. So after that, we uh, are co-host tonight jay he's not with us but go check out his youtube channel square pegs on youtube and check out mine skipper bob's breakdown uh we do have merch on our t public shop that features the art of tom soiler soiler so uh, no that's his wrestling persona and he's a heel <laughs> that's his deal he comes out to rush <laughs> that's right <laughs> tom solo my god tom i'm sorry we love your work we love your stuff we love that you do our logo uh, our hard cost lawyers, Boots and Beasley from Bums R Us, assure us that all the products are legally confirmed to keep you warm on those winter nights. They are, however, reassessing uh, their agreement with us uh, for the foreseeable future. As they've been advised to, but, you know, they are bums. They, they're they a little slow on that. That's true. Just keep them in a Manischewitz, and uh, you know what? That's a palm greased right there. Yeah. <clears throat> we are, once again, part of the Poppet Network. And to all of our followers, new and old, we say, welcome to the guild. Welcome to the guild, mate. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved. To to quote a great man, everybody take your rundown and fucking throw throw them away. away.